right, it's the first Birdland tonight of 2022, and what a lousy, frustrating Orioles game to go off on it on with that. Um, thanks for checking out Birdland tonight. This is a post-game show that I believe is needed, not because of today's game, but because if you're an out-of-towner like I am, I live in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. If you're out-of-towner like me, there is no Orioles post-game show I get to watch. I just finished watching the game on the uh, MLB TV app, and as soon as the final out is done, it cuts it from the feed. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to talk about the game when the games are over. So that's what Birdland Tonight is. That's what Birdland Tonight started as last year. We're going to continue rolling it this year. I am not committing to a every game. I'm committing to as much as we can do. So you want to know when we're going to be on? you got to follow us on our social media stuff. On Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Check out at Birdland Sports. Make sure you follow that. Make sure you like that. Make sure you're hitting the bell or the notification window so that it'll notify you whenever we go live. I'm even trying out TikTok today using the Section 336 show TikTok account to see how the conversation goes over there about the Orioles. So the whole point of this show and of Birdland tonight is not about my opinion, but it's to let you guys talk. It's the Orioles fan. And come on, we're all frustrated after that game, and we're going to break that game down. But first, I want to just remind you, Berlin tonight, as I was just saying, it's the only fan-driven Baltimore Orioles post-game show. If you're out of town, it's your only option. Berlin tonight is all about the fans, so hop on all those things I mentioned. Hop on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, chat with us in there. I've got a screen up here where I can see uh, Robbie and Clayton jumping in and pocket watch to some other guys hopping in here and making some comments. We're all frustrated. I get it. Um, we also all wish we had Josh Hader on the Orioles. It's always tough when you see a hometown kid moving out. Anyway, this show is all about the fan. It's on Section 336. We always say for fans, by fans, because that's what that podcast is. And nothing, even more than 336, Birdland Tonight epitomizes that saying. So one way we're going to do that is each show, post-game show, episode, whatever you want to call this, we're going to promote another fan of the Baltimore Orioles. So tonight's show is brought to you by O's Card Giveaways. You should go follow them on Twitter. It's really simple. You follow them on Twitter, they give away free Oriole cards. Go check it out. Give them a follow. Let them know that Birdland Tonight sent you there. Um, and it's that simple. Go follow O's Card Giveaway, and maybe you'll get some nice uh, Oriole cards. I followed them... I don't know, a month ago, and I happened to win a Cal Ripken Jr. card that they sent me, which is great because as a 42-year-old man, just like many of you, Cal Ripken Jr. will always be my favorite baseball player, and no question about it. So it was fun to get that card. Again, go give him a follow over at O's Card Giveaways on Twitter. All right, that's all the business side, setting up who we are, what's going on. Um, again... Help spread the word. We're four fans. Hop in there. Give me your thoughts on tonight's game. Give me your thoughts on Spencer Watkins. Only made it three innings. Gave up four runs. So he didn't look good. He had trouble. He walked guys. He had trouble getting the ball over the plate. Um, 
because of the errors tonight, only one of those runs was an earned run. So he comes out of it with just an ERA of 3.0. So if you just look at the stats, it doesn't look bad. But we all saw with our eyes that it was bad. So do you guys think, does he deserve another start? Um or even a chance in the bullpen. We know everything got mixed up on Sunday with Kramer, and that's really how he ended up here. So I don't – all right, so Robbie's saying he thought he was going to be an opener, and Aiken still looked – Aiken looked great. Aiken might be the surprise so far this year is the way Aiken is. Or let me rephrase that. My big surprise five games in is our bullpen. Because it's not just Aiken. It's Aiken, Batista, Perez are all looking good. I know Batista gave up one run tonight. But he also came in at a tough part of the lineup. So, I'll give that. But, uh, lock-ins, three-ins, fine. We'll see. I don't know. It's You're right. If it's just an opener position and three runs, three innings was always the chance and always the plan, then that's fine. Honestly, I don't even think I want to talk about pitching tonight because pitching is not the name of tonight's game. Tonight's loss, which I guess I haven't even set up, in case you're listening to this on tomorrow morning on the podcast, that the Orioles lost tonight 5-4 to four against the Milwaukee Brewers. A one-run game. That one-run game stings because of runners in scoring position. The risk stat. Baseball loves stats. When I, w- I went to Tampa this weekend to see the three games, and I noticed that their, their little jumbotron has more stats than ever. It's showing every little stat just as if we're watching it on the MLB app or whatever. It's got all those stats. And the one that Oriole fans should be obsessed right now on is RISP, R-I-S-P. Because the Orioles are 4-47 and 47 through five games. What does that mean? That means that when a runner is on second, or third base, they have had 47 opportunities to hit the ball. They've hit the ball four times. They've gotten hits four times to drive in runners. Today, no exception. One for 13 today. Now, that one hit was a pretty big hit. It was the Cedric Mullins uh, grand slam. When was that? In the second inning? Yeah. Second inning, which gave the Orioles the lead. After a rough two out two runs with Spencer Watkins in the beginning, then uh, Mullins comes up, hits the grand slam. Watkins immediately gives the other two back. So it's frustrating when you have a risk of one in thirteen, and that's <laughs> we all saw that in the eighth and ninth inning. And it's not just us. If you were watching the game on TV, Mike Elias moved down to the first row behind the plate for that ninth inning, and it was frustrating. The eighth inning, we loaded the bases with no outs. All you got to do is hit the ball. Hit the ball into the outfield. Sack fly, tie game. Three strikeouts. Three strikeouts with the bases loaded. Owens, Mateo, McKenna. Three swinging strikeouts without even making any contact with the ball. Very frustrating eighth inning. So then we get to the ninth inning. Ninth inning. Mullins gets a base, gets a double. Um, then uh, Mountcastle gets a oh, – I should have this in front of me. Anyway, we screwed that up again. Guys on first and second, and we strike out. Oh, in the eighth and ninth, we were 
0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. Five of those being strikeouts, and of course the little pop fly to end the game with uh, Uriah, Ramon Urias. So extremely frustrating. Uh, you guys that are joining us in chat, what's your big takeaways from the game? I mean, big things I took away is Mullins is finally hitting the ball. He had a slow start, a bad time in Tampa, made some contact on, at the uh, home opener on Monday, and then doing a great job today. I think Mancini's kind of in the same boat. Two guys that were struggling to hit the ball, hit the ball well today. They each got two hits. Mullins, of course, has those four RBIs that I mentioned. Um, the Orioles have had horrible luck with pinch hitting this year. Every pinch hitter strikes out. Mateo today, McKenna today. I think of all the pinch hit opportunities I saw DJ Stewart come up for in Tampa and just strike out. Um, Mancini, he's been hitting the ball. He got his two hits. All right, we got to talk about it. I hate that this is going to be the storyline of the season every time this happens, but we got to talk about the Trey Mancini double. Because, yes, if the wall did not move, that would have been a home run. So, but, 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 no, that does not mean today's loss is on Michael Elias for moving the wall. He's still got a double out of it. The Orioles should have been able to knock him in. It's going to be interesting, and I know that there's nerds on Twitter that are going to do this or Facebook haters that are going to do this to see hits like this. Because as Oriole fans, it's really easy to take those and say, oh, that should have been a home run. But I want to see how the season plays out and how many of those go in our favor. How many of those balls do opponents hit that do not, that this year are not home runs versus we hit that this year are not home runs? I feel like it's going to work a little bit more in our favor and help our pitching staff. And it just means maybe you'll have a little less home runs and you'll get doubles instead maybe. We'll see. It's it's a storyline, but I don't – when you – I cannot blame the wall when you go 1-13 with runners in scoring position. Um, even – but, yeah, it's – Mancini struggled, and it wasn't just that double to left field. He was hitting the ball hard to infielders and uh, straight up the middle to the pitchers. Mullins missed that home run, uh, home run by – uh, inches in the right field in the ninth. So we're hitting the ball hard. I thought this lineup was going to be a little scarier, and I think it's the strikeouts that are just just driving me crazy. Watching three games in Tampa, then the two in Baltimore, the strikeouts are just crazy. And I think that's the big thing that I'm irritated with with all this is strikeouts. It's just strikeouts, 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 strikeouts. And – it's almost like they're swinging and not sure what they're swinging at. It's like they decide before the pitch is thrown whether to swing or not, and it's ugly. So I'm going to take a moment to just uh, reset real quick, and we'll be right back in 20 seconds. I 
like that little 20-second break. It allows me to take a drink, uh, make sure everything's all set up and ready to go. And I want to talk, the Orioles are now 1-4, and four, five games in. Bottom of the AL East, they are, um, there's a few other teams with only one run with one win. The Marlins stand out, um, Diamondbacks, Pirates. There's some bad teams. We knew the Orioles were going to be bad. And I think we all accept that. I think it's just when you blow these stupid opportunities with runners in scoring position, it's frustrating because that's – is that the type of stuff that Adley Rushman changes? Does having a guy like Adley Rushman in your lineup take these wins and let you go better? Is that the type of game – tonight's the type of game where D.L. Hall or Grayson Rodriguez in your pen and at, or starting your game makes a difference to turn this game into a win? I think that's. I think you could argue that point. I think you could argue if we play the same game out in June and instead of Spencer Watkins on the mound, it's Grayson Rodriguez, then I think you can argue, hey, there's a chance the Orioles win 4-3, even with their horrible risp. You can also argue that when you put Adley in there, that gives you another, a big bat that could maybe score and hit, hit the ball when there are runners in scoring position so you're not pinch-hitting um, Torino. With McKenna. Like, there's just. So I, I still hold out hope for the summer because we've got those guys coming. But it's frustrating. And I think I knew the Orioles were going to be bad. We all did. But I'll still get frustrated every time they do stupid stuff like this because it seems like the Orioles find ways to do the impossible and not in a good way. Like, what are the chances? To load the bases with no outs and not be able to get one run in. What are the chances to then in the very next inning get a double and not be able to knock that guy in? The Orioles find ways to uh, just not win games, to, not, to just blow games. And I don't know what you do about it. Is Chris Owens tonight was trash. Three strikeouts. Uh, does that mean... We get rid of Chris Owens. We've got lots of guys like that that are not helping this team. Does that mean you send them down and you bring up some of these young guys? There's young guys in Norfolk that are off to hot starts. But how much are the Orioles willing to do now versus saving those guys for later? And that's tough because I was thinking about Michael Elias sitting back behind the plate in the ninth. Because we're now all talking about Michael Elias sitting behind the plate in the ninth. Why would Michael Elias be there sitting behind the plate in the ninth if he doesn't care about winning the game today? So, what's he watching? Does he trust these guys? Why didn't he go home? If I was Michael Elias and I didn't care about this team now, I would be in the warehouse watching the feeds from Bowie or Norfolk. Now, maybe those ended and then he came down at the ninth. But maybe we're not the only ones frustrated. Maybe even Michael Elias is getting frustrated with this slow start of this team. And it's not even the team. It's slow start of these players. If you ask me during the, before the season start, I was okay with our lineup. I thought our lineup sounded pretty good. Pitching worried me. Now I'm going the opposite. There's some guys in the bullpen I really like. Bruce Zimmerman pitched... The, maybe one of the best games of his career yesterday. Means looked great on opening day. Lyles was okay. 
the bullpen's been great, but this, what do we do, <laughs> what do we do with Torino batting .091? I know Mike Elias didn't want Torino as your everyday catcher. I get that Adley Rushman getting hurt screwed that up. Where's Adley Rushman now? Is he doing anything? How are we getting him back to the majors? They were saying it was like a two- to three-week thing that, unfortunately, he was just going to miss opening day. But I haven't seen them behind the plate yet. Even shady pictures from extended spring training, I haven't seen anything. Is that something we need to worry about? Or is it, again, something to not worry about because 2022 doesn't matter. It's all about let's get excited for 2023. Um Let's talk about some of the other guys in the bat. Hayes is off to an incredibly slow start, batting 118 for a guy who's been in the game every single time. Um, Mountcastle is doing great. Santander is doing great, which is interesting because we didn't know if Santander was going to be an everyday right fielder, especially when you got to squeeze Trey Mancini into this lineup where you know you want Mountcastle in the lineup every time. That gets things tricky, but the way he's hitting 385, you got to keep him in there. Chris Owens, I don't know. He wasn't going to make it stay on this team through the month. Once they showed made rosters smaller, he was going to go. But then I don't know what you replace him with. I'd like to see Richie Martin come up. I'd like to see Richie Martin come up to the majors and Gunnar Henderson go into Norfolk and AAA. That's what I'd like to see. But I'm not the GM, and he's got a different timetable. And that's – I'd love for Michael Hayes to, like, be honest and have a conversation about his timetable and what this looks like. I, I really like Mateo. He's not hitting the ball as well, but he's getting on base, and he's fast. So I really like where Mateo's looking right now. That's a positive. Um, all these guys that kind of made the team, when you're talking Owens, Kelvin Gutierrez, uh, Chirinos, uh, Bim Boom, uh, Odor, <laughs> none of those guys look any good. And I don't know why I'm not surprised. Uh, Robbie's pointing out that Santander and Mountcastle look lean and fast. They look great, and you can see it in their numbers. And I'm, I'm a fan, so maybe they look lean and fast because their batting average is good. I, if they were struggling at the plate, would I say the same thing? Would I say, oh, Santander looks like he's slow and fat? Maybe. Because I see him on TV. I do want to talk about the TV broadcast for a minute. Because I am did not get to watch the Tampa things. So I am completely irritated about the no travel road broadcast through because it irritated me last year. I think that you feel that when they call the games. I think you feel the way, the energy... Some people say there's a delay in the call. I haven't watched it yet this season. I hope there's not a delay in the call because that's stupid. If there's a delay in the call, delay your broadcast video half a second to make it sound like there's no delay in the call. You're massing. You can do better. But again, you're being so cheap that you're not sending your guys out there. So maybe you do not care. Maybe you care even less than Michael Elias cares uh, sitting behind home plate. But Opening day and tonight with Kevin Brown, Jim Palmer, and Ben McDonald all on the broadcast, I will watch that game every single day. Well, it's Orioles, so I'll watch it anyway. But 
I'll line those three guys up against any broadcasters out there. I am loving the three of them broadcasting together. So I hope the Orioles, I feel like that's an opening series type thing where they built it up for opening day. I hope not. I want this. I want this every game. Especially the home games because that's where the energy is. But I love the three together. It's perfect. I think Ben McDonald balances out Jim Palmer. I think Jim Palmer does not talk down to Kevin Brown as much as he did to Scott Carceau. So figure out the details. Get these guys on the road so we get the energy and they can don't have to broadcast off TVs. If you want people that can broadcast off TVs, call me. I'll watch the TV and I'll tell you what's going on. We can all do that. Get guys on the road. Uh, and then, yeah, get these three guys together. Makes your broadcast better. Makes it so much better to have these three guys on the TV than, than Scott Corso and Jim Palmer last year. All right. So let's look a little bit ahead and see what's coming up. I'm going to hit that little 20-second thing again to catch my breath. Be right back. All right, 20 seconds is really short, just in case you were wondering. But it's just enough time because I don't want you guys to leave. I want to talk about tomorrow because tomorrow night we got the Brewers again as we close out the series, chance to win the series, um, and we've got John Means on the mound, which means if you're in Baltimore and you're watching this, you better be getting tickets and go to the game because whenever John Means pitches, your team has a chance to win. Those are the games you want to go to. I want to open a day. In Tampa, it was, I, it was my own personal John Means day. Sure, they lost, but they lost two to one. Two to one. Totally John Means gave them a chance to win. They did everything they could do. It's not his fault that they lost. He got five strikeouts on that opening day. Go see John Means. Also, while we're talking about pitchers, don't complain that your pitchers are getting pulled early. The spring training was shortened. They're not pulling them early because they have a short leash. They're pulling them early because they want them to last the whole season. Um, so John Means is facing uh, Corby Bins or Corbin Burns for the. He's a right-hander. He is a five-four ERA, and he got four strikeouts in his first uh, out in this season. That's at seven oh five. Again, make sure you're checking out the TV broadcast and the radio broadcast, and come on over here. As well, Robbie's just reminding me on the uh, thing that there were so many great stories about Gators in the locker room, Palmer. <laughs> oh, Robbie, I forgot about Palmer talking about being Arnold Palmer's cousin and getting him to send him golf clubs, but it didn't help his golf swing. Uh, really good broadcast. Check that out. I'm assuming we're going to get the three of those guys together tomorrow. My guess is we won't on Friday. We'll find out. But my guess is, since the Orioles have off on Thursday, we won't have that broadcast crew for the weekend. Maybe we'll have half of them. We'll see. But check it out tomorrow. It's a great broadcast. I love those three guys together. Um, John Means Day. Then we have Thursday offices, just mentioned. And then the Yankees come to town this weekend. So I get that it's April. I get that it's low attendance at Camden Yards. Go support the team. Go tomorrow. It's John Means Day. You don't want to go this weekend. You don't want to go when it's Lyles and Zimmerman 
And uh, whoever's, who am I missing? Watkins, maybe. Um, don't go, you don't, you're not going to want to go this weekend. I get it. Weekends, you're gonna, people are going to go. Well, there's weekend crowds. But it's also the New York Yankees. So the stadium this weekend is going to be mostly Yankee fans. I understand that. Go, to, go tomorrow night. Go see John Means tomorrow night if you're in Baltimore. Um, as far as Birdland tonight, we should be back tomorrow night. We're going to be doing this as much as we can. Make sure you're checking out and following us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, uh, at Birdland Sports. If you're a TikToker, check out at Section 336 Show, at Section 336 Show. That's what I'm going live on right now at the same time as doing this. And I love the interaction. Be like Robbie. Be like James. And uh, whoever else is in here, Clayton, go in there. Hop on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter and get your comments in there. Let's have this conversation. Let's talk about what you guys want to talk about. I will see you guys tomorrow. Make sure you also check out uh, O's card giveaway. That's where I told you I got my free Cal Ripken Jr. card, my favorite guy. Make sure you guys are checking that out as well. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.